Live from Gutter Cat Studios in the Metaverse, it's time for another episode of the Crazy About Crypto Show. And now here's your host, Crazy Carl. Hey, yo, what is going on? Thank you, everyone, for being here. This space is already popping. If you're listening to podcasts, hello from all around the world. And welcome to the Crazy About Crypto Show, an interactive live podcast on Twitter Spaces for anyone exploring crypto and wanting to learn from others that have already dived into the space. From NFT artists to savvy crypto investors to everyday people just like you and I, this is a place where we can come together and learn about about this new wave of innovation. Today, I'm excited to have an extremely talented musician and artist on the show that has some OG connections to the NFT space. Originally minting two CryptoPunks back in 2017, he has been exploring the world of crypto and NFTs for quite some time. Beyond his joy for the world of blockchain, he is also an incredible musician, DJ, and artist. He has performed all over the world and is now working to converge all of his joys together in one project through the launching of his own generative art project, NFT, that will combine elements of his passion for art and music. It's my extreme honor to share the stage with the one and only Gesture. What's going on, man? What is up, Carl? Thank you so much for having me, man. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Of course. Um, I love, I've uh, been following you for a while. I love uh, that you're building in the space and I love that you're constantly working um, to just make an impact and make your own imprint um, in the NFT world. So before we um, talk a little bit about building in the space, because we have a lot of people that build and I think that just chatting about the, uh, I had I had Toby Lasso on the show, and I think a lot of people appreciate just being able to hear about the journey of building because it's not easy, and it's uh, definitely something that a lot of people aspire to. So I love talking about that journey. But before we get into that, I'd love for you to just chat about your journey into crypto and NFTs because, like I said in the intro, uh, you had minted CryptoPunks way back in the day. So talk to me a little bit about how you got into crypto in general way back then, and then how you just your journey into that at first nft experience to today yeah definitely so uh in i guess about spring of 2017 um my good homie my longtime like best friend first grade he was he's always kind of been into investing and stuff and he was like yo um i'm buying this cryptocurrency stuff um i had heard of bitcoin and stuff but i never really looked into it that's when uh, he introduced me to Ethereum, um, and I think it was like 300 or maybe a little less than $300 a coin when he first showed me. I got a couple of them, um, and at that same time, a bunch of my DJ friends, I, I saw Wookie in here earlier, a bunch of my DJ friends, we all kind of started our own little our own little group chat, and we started trading shit coins like everyone else in 2017, and I spent uh, way too much buying you know the next the ico craze was very funny for those who weren't there because it's just like this crypto coin will be uh powering satellites in space for free cell phone service and you'd be like oh my god like that's the future cryptocurrency man and you buy it in an ico and then you know it usually go to zero pretty soon after 
Um, so yeah, that was a, a crazy time for all of us who were in that. And uh, I was also frequent, frequenting Reddit at the time, just kind of getting crypto news from there. And someone posted in the Ethereum Reddit, like, hey, look, you can claim these things called CryptoPunks um, and you can own it on Ethereum. And it just sounded kind of like interesting to me, you know. I sent it over to my friends, and th to this day, they still talk about how they didn't mint any because it sounded really stupid. And it did kind of sound stupid. And they were just these kind of silly looking pixelated characters. So, yeah, I claimed two for free. I think I maybe paid like $14 in gas. And um, that was that. I didn't really think about it. Uh, until last, I think October, you start. You started. I started seeing little blips of NFT coming up on my Twitter feed, and like people just sold art for half an Ethereum. And I was like, went back to. Through those years, we had the whole crypto crash, so our our DJ group chat fell apart. But then it kind of came back together. We were doing like you know stock AMC, Wall Street bets times. You know we were doing that, and so then. Crypto is coming back around. NFTs are coming around. I'm like, guys, people are selling art on Ethereum for like half an Ethereum. I was like, wait, people, wait, CryptoPunks, guys, I have, I think I have two of those. And I signed into my like old MetaMask that I used for it. And there they are, two CryptoPunks. And I was like, guys, people are selling these for like two Ethereum. That's crazy. This is like something I got for free. I listed one for four ETH in like, early November of 2020 and it sold at the end of November for four Ethereum, one of my two crypto pops. I was like, guys, I just made so much money on this free <laughs> stupid pixel thing. Um, <laughs> uh, fast forward to 2021, oh, shit. obviously they start rising in price quite a bit. Um, we had some, we had some crypto fun. Me and my friends were, were on BitCloud and, and having fun with that and pushing. We were just, we've always been trying to do like, me and my DJ homies that, like I talk about Wookie, Good Times Ahead, uh, Wax Motif, uh, I'm gonna forget, Sam F, Elijah Daniels, like we're always trying to just push, do the next big thing, trying to incorporate crypto in what we do because we believe in, in the future of Web3. So yeah, we did BitCloud for a while and then, uh, these crypto punks started to go up in price quite a bit. And then so in May, I sold my second crypto punk. And this was really before I understood the concept of of these 10K collections. So I sold my second crypto punk for a whopping 55 Ethereum, which was like insane. It still is insane, honestly, if you can make that much uh, money from something you got for free. But the guy who bought it for me, by the way, this crypto punk, is the sickest crypto punk of all time. It's got a hoodie. It's got VR glasses. It's got a cigarette. It's the coolest looking crypto punk, I swear. <laughs> and I sold it. He, the guy who bought it for me sold it for double, 110 ETH the month later. But in that time that I cry about that, I bought <laughs> two board vapes, uh, one in my profile picture, and another one. And... Um, yeah, we got into those at, a, at about one, one to two ETH. My friends were like, dude, you got to get one. It was like 0.8, I think. Dude, you got to get one. I was like, guys, this is silly. Like, how will this ever? I really still didn't get it. You know, I think it took a long time for me to understand the concept of these 10K 
profile picture collections. But luckily I got in uh, against my own <laughs> judgment, maybe, and and really started to dive into this kind of uh, generative profile picture space that we're in now. You have me uh, back here on mute, rolling the fucking DJ DJs <laughs> over here. No, don't just yeah. just buy in whatever. Try and figure out what the hell is going on. Going from AMC to Reddit. Uh, well, you just want to get in what's popular. You're like, let's go. What's going to be next? But in the process of that, the fact that you had minted a CryptoPunk is hilarious for a couple reasons. One, because you were talking about the ICO days, and what I love about back then uh, is it reminds reminds me a lot of like now with a lot of nft projects that come onto the scene but the thing that's similar is that uh not only is there a lot of shit that's coming out um but there's also like there's going to be in these like nft projects that launch there's also going to be like these projects that um end up being super sustainable that actually do what they were hoping to do and just like are constantly building in the space, uh, you know, because back in the ICO day, back in uh, late 2017, early 2018, that was when uh, you, it, when you think about, oh, wow, it's crazy that that's when Binance started. That's when Chainlink was just a couple cents. And so there's like amazing opportunities there. But for all the DGENs out there trying to figure out which one's going to be the one that hits, it's all, it's like really, really hard. Um, just like when you minted like this, crypto punk there's no way like to know that this was going to be you know one of the the big art pieces that a bunch of whales just decide is going to be the thing from the early days that takes off and so i just love your story of like minting this and then coming back to it years later and being like holy shit like if only you would have never um if only you would have forgot for even longer until today you would be even more in the money <laughs> because you would have because they've just continue to go up but it's uh it's just a fascinating thing and a reminder that it is such a difficult space to operate in too because there's so much happening and uh it's it's really hard to know what project is going to really be the one that's sustainable and takes off in the long run there's definitely things that you can do like researching who's involved in the project the developers what they're doing but it's just a really it's it's such a noisy space and it's hard to find um really good quality projects so i just love that part of your journey um because it reminds me a lot of my own i mean if you were back in if you were around back in those early uh like the ico early ico days it was it was just like the FOMO and hype of like trying to figure out what the hell was happening is uh, is very reminiscent of today, except today we have spaces like this where we can hop on and talk about our journey and share stories so that hopefully people don't make the same stupid mistakes that, that we DGENs did um, when we were trying to f get involved in the space. Yeah, and, and additionally, like, well, actually, I wanted to say a quick thing. I also got the MCO ICO back in the day. That was my other big win that I sold too early because that's now called Crypto.com, which, uh, you know, owns or is named after the Staples Center or whatever. But uh, so, you know, there was a few wins that, that you could have gotten. You said Chainlink too. Mm -hmm. We definitely bought that back in the day. I think we sold it for like five cents or whatever. <laughs> yeah, back when but, it was a few, like, 10, 20 cents, something like that. Yeah, you know, but what's really cool now about about this space is just that 
what's different from the ICO space, obviously, is this non-fungible element, which we we use this term and, and people know what it means, but I think they don't understand like the difference or how that makes such a difference between the ICO days and now, because in the ICO days, you know, we weren't married to our bag of chain link because we could always just buy back the same amount of chain link or we could always, you know, sell a little bit of chain link and not the whole thing. But but with these non-fungible tokens, you really start to, well, first of all, we fall in love. We get emotional about these mm-hmm. tokens, you know, these profile pictures. I, I could not bring myself to sell these probably for a long time. And second of all, we really start to fall in love with a community. And, you know, we, with the board eight profile pictures, especially on Twitter, it's just like become such a cool thing where you're like networking with people you would never even think about networking with. And it's, it's brought a lot of great things to light. So it's a really interesting space and it's a lot uh, more, uh, it's a lot more, I don't, I was going to say community focus, which is so lame to say in the Twitter space about NFTs, but that's all I can come up with. Yeah. I mean, and it's partly too, because that like that community has become a buzzword and almost like that empty promise you were talking about um, earlier with like the ICO promises back in the day, like anyone can say they're going to build a community, but that's like not an easy thing to do. So I love that. Um, but I do agree with you about the non-fungible aspect. It also, um, I think even a bigger part of what NFTs does, it, it permeates into the culture of like of what we strive for as humans and so like back in the day when you think of like a financial element or like um like the intricacy of why chain link became what it is today and why it's so important it's not nearly as entertaining or fun or any sort of this you have to understand finance you have to understand the blockchain and and the like the aspect of why this is crucial to the growth of the blockchain like that's all stuff that is very like nerdy like investor focus uh vcs maybe are interested but for majority of people that just like like that's just not something that's interesting to them and so what i love about where we're coming into the blockchain space now is that it's like that it's like a vacuum like being able to suck up like culture um into a a financial vehicle which always gets me so excited because people are like getting involved because they're interested about all this cool stuff going on but at the same time when they get in they're also learning about like how this all interconnects um financially to things that have come before it like DeFi um and like the the crypto tokens like ethereum and blockchain that uh that everything is built on and so i think that's a really fascinating part to me too is that now we're able to bring in um people that otherwise would have never got involved in the ico days but are extremely involved today. And I think that's a big deal in terms of the adoption of the blockchain. And I think um, one thing that I'm curious for you is obviously you were in, you were interested as an investor, like you wanted to make money in the space, but even more so than that, like you said, you started to see conviction about uh, when NFTs came into play. So I'd love for you to talk to me about when it became less about just trying to f- chase money or try to figure out like an investment that could hopefully make you money and more in in regards to like when you had a conviction moment about the blockchain in general and and what it was going to bring to 
the masses um, eventually once it got further adopted? So with Web3, especially these in NFT communities, it's kind of like you're reverse engineering a business or, or a community. Like with with the traditional system that we're all in, it, and I'll speak as a DJ, but it's almost anything, a business, a, a skateboard shop, um, an online delivery service. You really have to build the whole product and you have to constantly innovate. You have to constantly do more and different and better constantly in order to just even reach maybe one new customer or fan who's going to be interested in what you're doing. And then they might not even click that stupid follow button. They might just like the tweet and then you lose them forever. And that's what, as a DJ, that's what we're struggling with right now as an artist, as a musician. Um, we are doing everything and all the time, constantly. I'm on TikTok. I'm making videos. I spend almost less time making music now more than ever because of the system we're in, where I'm supposed to be making as much music as possible and giving that to the world. So what's awesome about Web3 and and kind of like the NFT communities in general is that like you are reverse engineering the system where you're saying like, here's, here's I'm going to use a restaurant as an example. Let's open a restaurant, you know, there's 10,000 seats here. And then everyone pays for their seat at the restaurant. It's like, okay, now you guys are here. You paid for your seats. Like, we're bringing in steak dinner. And everyone's like, yes, I love steak dinner. Someone's like, I want chicken. It's like, all right, cool. Some chicken now. Okay, so you're like reverse engineering your menu. You're, you're taking these seats that are filled with, like, excited people who want to build this restaurant with you. And you're giving them what they want when they want it, when they ask for it. You're, you're constantly improving and then creating value for them, like with Bored Apes, for example, where when they put out the Mutant Apes, or with Cool Cats, where they're doing this amazing cool pets thing. Like both Bored Apes and Cool Cats had no idea they would be here at this point right now. And they were given that opportunity by reverse engineering. They said, here's some cool cats. They're really cute. We love them. Check them out. You know, join the community. And now they're like building Pokemon Web 3, this huge industry this huge giant thing uh just because of like the conviction that the community had and the people who are filling these chairs who are excited about it so as an artist that is much more attractive than kind of like grinding constantly the mental health toll as an artist right now has just gotten worse and worse every year because of social media and just like the traditional web 2 system so I mean, I can't express enough how much this excites us as artists. You know, I love that you're excited about that aspect of the blockchain because, I mean, I do think it is... Um it's a great way. You could also look at the blockchain and kind of launching these projects as more of like um, like bootstrapping funding uh, in order to be able to do something, uh, regardless if you're going to be good at executing that thing or not. Like you said, everyone can have lofty goals and not execute on them. And so I think that's where we see down the line, which was, which some of these communities, but it is very much so like you're investing in people. You don't just put money in like, like um, all of a sudden... A, 
the next Google appears. Like that's why there's always risk involved because there's you're investing in people and those people have to then execute and build value. And so I mean, in, it reminds me, like you said, with the cool pets and the apes. Like I'm involved in the gutter cat gang and they've given the rats and then the dogs and the pigeons and they're like adding value and giving. It's almost like if you think about it in terms of stocks, it's like they're giving you a dividend for um, being an owner and believing in them. And so we are, we're investing in these projects and we're investing in these companies to build something bigger. And um, time will be the ultimate test for the companies that do that. But what I love about what you said, which I don't think all communities um, like do a great job of this, but I think is the secret sauce of Web3 and like the communities that'll strive and do well are the communities that really make time and carve out time to listen because uh, at the end of the day, the people that put the project out or someone that puts out a project, they don't have to, like, if you sell out, they can go do whatever they want. They can be the dictators that decide the next path and what the roadmap's going to look like. But I, I do, I'm very bullish on on communities that are really engaged with the community, listening to them and trying to figure out how they can even leverage the community and help elevate their skills. Because that's a, that's like a really important aspect. And I know, um, I think it's something that you're thinking about in terms of building, you know, building project out is thinking about after you launch, what can you do to listen to the community? What are you going to do to help elevate, you know, the the talent that's in the community and give them a purpose um, that otherwise they wouldn't have? And I think when you can harness those things long term, because, you know, it's easy to make a promise and be in a discord for a month. But when you're able to do that, month in and month out over over the course of time people start showing up organically because they genuinely just enjoy being there and feel valued and i think people feeling valued is what's different um in this in web3 is because now instead of it always being what's coming down the pipeline, there's an opportunity for people to feel more involved. And if you're more involved in it, if you're feeling like you're a part of something, if you feel heard, then it gives you drive to continue to figure out how you can help grow the whole system. And and I think that's where the really the collective power of like NFTs comes in. Yeah, man, absolutely. I think, you know, I think like, I was just thinking when you're saying that, Imagine if there was like a web three Postmates, you know, or like things that we use every day that we're the customer and we're not being like, there's no value being created for us other than the fact that they're providing a service. Like, you know, Postmates, they give you like, or Uber, let's say they give you like $5 every like $200 you spend, or you buy like a hundred coffees at Starbucks and they give you a free one. Like imagine if these companies were forced to conform to this web three style where it's like being a customer or being a part, see, we call it being a part of a community, but let's call it being a customer or being like a, a fan of an artist or whatever. Like imagine if that was actually just like very like beneficial to you, other than the fact that you enjoy this product, you know, like you're getting a free, like, like you have to buy merch from, from artists, but like in the web three place, we're like airdropping merch to you, you know? So it's like, it's flipping the system on its head and obviously there's a lot of people who don't want that to happen but i think in the long term you create like such better serving platforms for people like spotify for example which you can talk to any musician unless you're like 
plugged in is like such a hard, toxic place to release music on, but it's also the only place to release music on. Imagine if that was flipped on its head where it's like submitting your music to Spotify actually like benefited you in, in a way other than the fact that you have to beg for your fans to hear it. You know, that's that's where I want to move towards as an artist and as a consumer. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, especially when you're like, like you said, when you feel like they, they, when you feel seen and you feel like it's, um, obviously in order to build something, it takes time. And in order for people to feel valued with time right now, one of the only ways that people get paid is through money. Um, but it's, it's fascinating because like, in a way you're able to do things or you're able to drop like in the real world you have like a credit like you talked about in uber or something that they can give back um but when you have these like when you build from the ground up and it's not always it's not the company starting uh without like all the investors first it's like you're going public immediately um and so that's also a really fascinating concept because you're able to like you have all of these people in place that believe in you and it's not like and you have like it's not like you have millions and millions of people all of a sudden so you're really able to give as you grow the most value to the people that believed in you early on which i think is also really um meaningful in this space is like if you're able to give back to the people that really believed in you most and then um also that that just trickles down the pipeline as things grow because if if a project is successful ultimately it continues to evolve and grow over years and years and years because there's just constant building that happens so i'd love for you let's transition now and i'd love for you to talk about you obviously were super interested in collecting and you constantly were like um in the space trying to understand the blockchain you got into nfts you you became even a bigger fan of the blockchain um at what point were you what what made you decide uh to to just decide that you wanted to create and develop something um, on the blockchain, and how how are you thinking about um, how are you thinking about that in regards to what you said when it comes to like reverse engineering uh, and being able to use your skills and talents and find like a really small group of people that really believe in you so that you can adjust and and make value for them. Yeah. So, like I said. I mean, you can tell probably from how I speak about it that I'm I'm really passionate and interested. And as an artist slash social media person, you know, business mindset is what we have to rely on because obviously we have teams, but, you know, everything we do has to make sense for the business. And in the long run, this is how we make our, our money and our livelihood. So um, with that in mind, I was just so attracted to all these opportunities that could be created on in Web3. And, you know, just in Web2, as, as a musician, what I've always had the most success from is giving back to my community. Like, for I, I have a pretty big fan base in L.A. And the thing that I do every time I, sh I have a show in L.A., I make tacos. Like, I make a thousand tacos. I make the meat at my house. And before the show in the backyard of the venue, I serve like a thousand plus tacos by myself, like, you know, with a little help, but I'm standing there handing these tacos to my fans and saying, thank you for being a fan. And like before even knowing about like what we could do in Web3, I was kind of doing that on the ground because that's what always created value for my brand. 
So now that I have this opportunity to do so, like hand a taco to each one of my fans, so to speak, uh, internationally, you know, like I, I was just like, okay, what, how do I do this? And as I've mentioned a million times, we have this DJ group chat and we're always saying like, we could do this, we could do that. We should try this. We should start, we should start this project. And, um, what really inspired me to start um, Awesome Apes, which is like a 10K profile picture project. I think if you were just a random person looking at it from the outside, you would say, okay, like there it is, another one of these things. But what I really decided was I didn't want to like do like, here's a, a mu generative music NFT that is like cool and new and innovative and you got to check it out. Or like, here's this like uh, community oriented NFT where artists can connect and like get back. I realized that people like want this kind of like, um, God, I, I need to get a thesaurus and stop saying community, but this community oriented thing where it's like, we have this profile picture, we are connected in this way. And then using that platform, I can, do all of these ideas and these projects and create so much value, but like not doing it in a way that's like hard for people to digest in the space right now. You know, I see so many cool projects that uh, I think would be more successful if it was kind of like, like what if Bored Apes, what if Bored Apes did this idea? What if Cool Cats did this idea? And with those projects, they made these pictures and then decided like what they should do. So with Awesome Apes, it's kind of like, I'm taking all these like great, ideas that I've cooked up that I could use like as a musician, as a community manager, as someone who is experienced with giving back to my supporters. Like I can take all these ideas and bake it into what seems like kind of just like one of these cool picture profile picture 10K projects. And then with that kind of like as my um, mission statement, obviously you know putting in that kind of effort will grow the project over time like you were saying it's like all it takes is work like people notice eventually so this is kind of like my platform and how i decided to to do all these ideas that i've had but in a way that um is more digestible i think yeah i think uh i think one thing that you said and i think that's really important um in in the space is like if you have an idea or if you have like like you said you have a group um of djs that all are friends and so you have like these this really cool school like skill set uh there and so then it's like okay how can we do something on the blockchain and everyone kind of working together to you know like wookie has his own project too so then i could see where you go and like you're able to connect with um other communities and friends of yours um and kind of build things together but you're able to kind of find um people that are passionate in in your community as well are you when you launch something like awesome apes are you looking um for people that really find value in kind of like what because obviously as a like very successful DJ, you've been building and you have a fan base. And so are you trying to find people that are kind of a fan of, of what you do that kind of believe in you that are kind of backing you to, to, to kind of give to back to them? Or are you trying to just find like trying to grow like just this new community that all can like, kind of have like this one derivative 
PFP project to like rally behind and build a strong community. And then they just kind of uh, decide how they want it to evolve. Yeah, definitely more the second part. Um, you know, and that's the other thing when I was saying in that last kind of rant is like, I could have just done like the gesture NFT that's geared towards my fans. Um, but then I really limit myself in the long run. Like I can't do, I can't implement all these other ideas or I can, but in, in not such a like open and um, I, digestible way. I, I've overused that term as well, but you know, it, more like um, mass appeal, I guess, uh, with with a different kind of project. So yeah, like it's it's all about kind of establishing this new community where yes, like gesture is obviously a part of it, um, but I would say gesture would be more of like someone that awesome H could bring in to be a part of it. And not so much like gesture from the top down, you know, awesome apes is its own thing. And, and it can collaborate with Wookiee's wobble bug and it can collaborate with um, my other friends, like projects as we all start to kind of roll out our own ideas, but it, it allows me the space to do more stuff for the community than it would. If I just said, here's gestures, NFT, you know, here's, 10, 10 versions of my logo. Yeah, I mean, I think you're so I, I love that because I think um, it's similar kind of in, in regards to why I started the collect the crazy Carl collective too. Uh, in in regards to when you're building something and you're you have it in you in the back of your mind, you're like wanting it to grow organically. It can also it's definitely it's uh, like very inspiring because you're like wanting to help elevate others, you're wanting to kind of let it evolve organically but then it also can be really really difficult as well um, because it's just like trying to put all the pieces in place and elevate the right people to be in charge and uh, is just like it's like this puzzle which I lo I've loved but it's also like very like time consuming and exhausting at times as well so for people out there that are like oh I want to build a, a project and sell pfp avatar project i'd love for you just to talk about you know behind the scenes kind of the the joys of it but then also the struggles that come along with it so that people that are in the audience that are thinking or are in the middle of developing their own projects understand just how much work it takes and the pieces that the important pieces that have to be in place for something to actually go well and take off in this space Oh man, yeah, absolutely. Um, God, I started this project in in July. I think I started working on the Awesome Apes, um, and it did kind of just start off for fun. Uh, me kind of recreating board apes in, in my own style and recreating my friends, and then led to me recreating all the board ape traits, and then making like a 10k derivative project of the board apes, and then being like, no, you know, that's also super limiting. So then creating my whole, my own whole, all original, awesome apes, um, that alone took months. And of course, I could have just went to Fiverr, like a lot of these projects do, and hire someone, but that's not part of my story as a creator. And I'm really happy about that. Um, I'm really happy that I was the one who who hand drew all of these these pieces because I think that's really gonna make a difference down the line. Um, but yeah, additionally, you know, I think people are probably listening to me talking about how hard it is and be like, yeah, but you're like a DJ, you're verified on Twitter, 
what's crazy about this space more so than any other space is it really does not matter who you are before entering this space. It's all about who you are after entering this space because there are people who joined the NFT space three months ago, maybe even less than three months ago, who have much more clout, much more pull than anyone who spent 10 years uh, building a fan base and getting a check mark on Twitter. It is all about the amount of time you spend building in this space. So that is a, a huge obstacle that that I've had to face in this because at first, you know, I, I was kind of just thinking in traditional Web2 sense, like I've got a I've got a Twitter verified badge. I've got a big fan base. I'm going to put this up and it's just going to fly. That did not happen. And, you know, my, my fan base isn't really in, in Web3 yet either. So I'm actually, you know, just as much against the odds as anyone else because I'm I'm trying to tell people to join this thing and I'm probably getting muted on Twitter by some of my fans about that. So um, it's, it's definitely a struggle for anyone, you know, even Paris Hilton, like I, you know, like anyone, man, I see people like giant celebrities launching projects and if they didn't put the love into it, it shows and people in this space know it and they don't, they don't join those communities. So, you know, on top of that, I would say, you can go ahead, actually. Go ahead. I'll, I'll continue. No, I, I think one thing that you said that I just wanted to touch on, because I think it is so true, there are people in this the, the space and um, like social media influencers, but when you think about... Um, how influencers have came to be on the internet it is it is an interesting concept to go back and think because it's um usually the reason someone becomes famous or something someone becomes popular is because they have something that they're really passionate about they enjoy they like talking about it and other people like hearing them talk about those things well but in that sense the nft space is so young and early that it's kind of evolving and we're finding those people that are interested now but if you have a following, if you people followed you for another reason, and now you're starting to talk about this, well, it's also like when they're going through their feed, everyone is talking about other things, and then they run across you not talking about the stuff that they like talking about. And so you're like, where did what the hell happened to this person? What are they what, what are they talking about now? And like you said, you get muted or people aren't paying attention. So I just wanted to touch on. I understand that organic fashion, um, but it also should uh, if if anything, motivate people uh, in this space as well, because when you grind in something early, imagine be- having an opportunity to become an influencer, uh, and you started in 2009 and just slowly grew from 10 followers to hundreds of thousands, and that's where we're at. Like, if you look at the top influencers in the internet followed, it's it's people that have only really even had active Twitter accounts for a year or two, and just think how many followers those people will have in two or three years is is you know they're they'll play catch up but people have millions and millions of followers in these different spaces and these different niche you know influencing spaces and i just think that when we when you think about nft space if you're really passionate about it you you do have an opportunity to kind of shift and you know i love like collector kev has been on my show and he had a he, I think he has over fifty thousand followers that but rarely gets really any traction anymore more from any of those followers, but he loves what he talks about now, and he loves the NFT space, and so that's what he's going to talk about. And I think that 
is uh, something that people need to be inspired by is that even if you were to start a whole new account and have to start over, you should always be focused on what you enjoy. Because if you're only trying to trying to uh, get into a space for the money or because you're wanting clout or any other reason than because of your own passion and joy, then eventually it, it, everyone can see through that and you're, you're going to fail or get mad because the stuff you're doing isn't, isn't going through. Like I remember the first, I mean, we, the first show I ever did had five people in it, but I didn't care. I just enjoyed like getting to talk to the people that I had been collecting and hear their stories. And now here we are with 174 people in the audience. And it's just funny to me because back in the day, I've been doing this show since July too, but I, I, I always was doing it more um, to help myself and then hopefully find people that enjoyed it as well. Um, but if you don't do it organically and you don't do it just because you already have passion for it, then you're just going to get burnt out. So find stuff you actually enjoy doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to add to that, it's, you know, like you were saying, oh, people who just want to start like a, a, an NFT project, they see successful NFT projects. They see, look at this stupid art, and all these people bought it, and now it's a huge community. They're rich. Like, that's easy. If you're approaching the space from that angle, you're going to hit a roadblock very fast because you really need to be coming, uh, you need to be coming at it from the inside of your project and not from the outside. The outside is that kind of mentality where it's like, I have to make art. I have to copy and paste the contract and then it, that's that and people are going to buy it. You know, you really have to be coming from the inside where you're, what, what is the purpose? You know, what is my long-term goal with this? Uh, what am I offering to the space that's, that's new and original and, and needed or wanted? And, um, you know, additionally, you have to really grind out if you're going to be trying to, sell something or, or invite people to be interested in this kind of thing because at the there's so much noise in this space and at the end of the day it's all about who you can talk to and who will trust you so you know building a name like like you said carl like you have done that for yourself you've built this name for yourself just by inviting people to talk and that is huge you know it's it's simple but it's not easy and that's really what it comes down to in this space it's simple the idea but it is not easy it is extremely difficult and time consuming to execute and you really need to have passion and and a clear goal in mind. Yeah, and I think another part and something that maybe you can speak on and the importance of it is when you start in the space and you're just kind of grinding or you're like get involved in one community, the cool thing about Web3 is that you can really organically uh, evolve yourself. Um, the, the amount of time and energy and effort you put in is usually what you get out. And so one thing that comes along with that as you continue to do things in the space, as you continue to contribute and when you give you know, your skill set to others, sometimes without even asking for anything in return, you're showing a skill set that you have to others that then can expose your talent um, and then help connect you to something else in the space. And so uh, as, you, as you've done that in this space, as you've continually kind of found your own circles um, and evolved, I'd love for you to talk about how important it has been to kind of grow those personal relationships and how those people have played a huge part because I 
I know you have a, a, a pretty solid team behind um, your project as well, but that doesn't happen overnight. That happens because of friendships and relationships and trust that builds over time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And just to kind of echo what I said earlier, you know, the check mark and the following count does not really help. And and I would say in some ways, maybe it's almost, I wouldn't say it's detrimental, but, you know, I think in this space, there's so much opportunity that people really shy away from someone with a check mark and a following kind of just thinking they can push their way in and cash out. So just me kind of like cold calling people so to speak on twitter or or wherever like that could actually be more detrimental to me and i had to learn that you know the hard way it's really so much about building real personal relationships with people um and that's and that's it, it, it can only happen organically it can only happen through happening and sometimes it takes longer than you want it to um but it, it's truly something that you cannot fake and rush and that is why the projects that do well in this space you know typically are now by people who have provided that kind of value or have made those kinds of connections where people like truly see that they have something uh great to offer and you know that's really the way that these projects are succeeding now yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You, um, when you're around in the space and you kind of prove yourself to others, it's a much easier. Like for someone that's been um, someone that's been listening to the crazy about crypto show since June or July or August or September, and they know that you you show up every day, that you're 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 giving um, them use and benefit. Uh, it's easy. It's much easier to ask for their support. You know, months and months down the road, if you're asking asking for something in return. And that's something that is very important in the Web3 space is when you're constantly giving or you're constantly building in the space and trying to help others, once you, it's, I mean, Gary Vee talks about it too. Once you finally ask for something in return, then it's a lot easier. You got to, you got to make that, um, that right hook and uh, eventually and make sure that they, they uh, you ask for something in return from them. And then um, you can also get value back from that as you try to create a, a strong community. What has been some of the greatest joy so far? I know that there's um, the Awesome Apes uh, Discord and, and it, Twitter really blew up quickly. But what have you enjoyed so far about some of the aspects of the community? And what are some of your goals for like building Building a community. What is what? What kind of community are you looking for? What do you want them focused around? And have you seen that kind of playing out as you're building this uh, project and getting it uh, ready to kind of be deployed? Man, as someone who, like I said, I'm a musician, but I'm also a social media manager, and um, and all of these different roles we play as musicians these days. With someone with that background who who really sees success come in through the engagement of a community, it has been so incredibly um, satisfying and and just like so joyful to see how quickly and excited people get about joining a good community in a solid project, you know, and something that we have to grind for as musicians can come so much 
more uh, easily and or, or organically without kind of forcing it. And it's been so satisfying to see that. And, and I think that's, you know, kind of echoing what I was saying earlier, like, you know, I could have started a generative music project, which is something that is on the roadmap for Awesome Apes. Instead of doing just like a, a music, generative music project, you know, I'm doing, a, I'm starting a community that will have these projects built into it. And I think that's really paid off so much because there's less of a grind where people are excited about a community and a project. Then you can like kind of Trojan horse these like awesome ideas that you've been working on instead of like really trying to force it into play. Um, and that's what's made me most exciting, most made me most excited just to see that, like the ability for me to create a community around this cute profile picture and this fun idea, and then to be able to use that. As soon as I saw this community come in, like I lit up, I was like, wow, like now I have this platform and I'm gonna create so much value for this this community without them even knowing it. They're just excited to be here. And I'm able to like utilize this project to do all these cool ideas now like that has been so it, I don't want to say rewarding because it's going to be work and now it starts like the real work of like following through with these projects and this roadmap that I've created but like it's so uh rewarding <laughs> in the in the future I can just feel like how cool of a community that's already created around this and and just being able to know that like wow there's so much opportunity here to do awesome stuff for these people. Well, I'm excited for you. I know that it takes a lot of time building in the space. I'm excited that you um, have been on the grind. I'm going to have a chance for people, if you have questions for Gesture about his journey in the space, uh, don't hesitate. Hit that request button. Let's get some people up here. Um, if you have a question about his journey, maybe you're a builder that has a question. Um, uh, I'd love to have everyone have an opportunity to, to ask their questions um, on stage. So we'll go to that in just a second. One thing that I would love um, to hear, uh, have you already done any, because I I love DJs and I think it's so cool. I've heard a couple DJ spots playing in like the metaverse. There's also some people that have DJed in discords, which is so fun, which I'm going to have to hit you up to see if we can do something with the collective one day and, and maybe have like a DJ party with you. But uh, one thing that I was curious if you, have you thought about, um, what are, what are some of your plans? Have you done anything like that yet? Uh, because I know that's like your, that's your, um, original love too, and your joy. So have you had an opportunity to kind of share that with your community as you're starting to launch already or, and are, what are your plans? If you, you thinking through like how live events like that could happen? Um, because I think the, the aspect of you being a DJ is, uh, is a really cool part of, um, kind of of the journey of this project man yeah you know something I, i've said a lot is that we're already living in the metaverse we're just living in like the shitty web 2 version of it you know when when covid happened i was djing three times a week on twitch like i was pretty much non-stop available i started a discord for my music community i was already in the metaverse you know, for over a year, but I wasn't getting any of the real benefits from the Web3 element. Spent the last two years kind of developing in the 
the broken metaverse that we live in now on, on Twitter and Twitch and, and Discord without these real like dope Web3 elements, I'm really um, tired, at, you know, as a DJ and a musician. And I have not uh, done a lot of this like DJing in in the metaverse, like in Decentraland or whatever. But uh, me and my friends have started this like artist DJ collective called the Net Gala. And that's where we are building like this, you know, like the first like met, not the first, cause everyone's doing this, but really cool metaverse kind of like music festivals and um, educational portals for people who want to do music and building out like this, like cool music community um, virtually. So yeah, it's gonna, it's definitely gonna be something that I integrate into my project, of course, because I am a DJ and musician, all my friends are, and we have this great collective called the Net Gala. But honestly, it's been really uh, relieving and giving me a lot of energy being able to build a new community that's not like so focused on me kind of like pouring out my <laughs> heart in music. And I, you might laugh at that because I'm a DJ, but honestly, I'm not like, I, I'm a DJ's DJ. And I really do like love what I do as a DJ. And, and after an hour DJ set, I am like emotionally exhausted from doing that. So it's been so cool being able to build in a space where I don't have to do that to get um, people interested. And then like, I'll be able to have a healthy and, and responsive place to like build that again after we've built uh, this awesome eight community. I love it. Let's go ahead and turn to some questions for Community Corner. I have a few good questions on this thread, but if I see someone asking a question on the thread and you request to come up, we can also do some live questions. Get your catnip and questions ready. It's time for you to take the stage for another segment of Community Corner. All right, one question that I love that came from Mike uh, in the, the pinned tweet above he said, what comes first in your mind, the community, the art, or the project? Uh, definitely the project. Um, that's kind of like what I was cryptically talking about when I said you have to approach your project from the inside and not the outside. Like having a real like built out idea, at least to start, you know, like because you should be changing and adapting as your community grows, but having something that will provide value to start with is most important. And, and frankly, I don't, I don't honestly believe this, but the art might not even be in the top five most important things when you're talking about an NFT community. And I'm not sure if we'll see that as they go, because, you know, there's great artists out there who can provide great art, but it's really about, what you have to offer and, and how you're going to offer that to your community. And then, you know, what that community does around that project. I think those are really the two biggest elements. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Like if you're going to start something, you do have to have a good idea of where you want to head because at the end of the day, even in web three, you have to have visionaries that kind of help build some of these aspects because we are human and nothing just evolves on its own. So you have to have all the right pieces in play to make really amazing things happen. And so you kind of have to have a high level idea of where you're headed and then kind of work your, like you said, reverse engineer and work your way backwards. 
so that you can figure out what's the best path to take to get to this end goal. Um, so I thought that was an interesting answer. I appreciate that. All right, next we've got, um, is it Mana? Mana? With the skeleton ape? Are you up here? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm oh, sorry, I was the push to talk. And got oh, no worries. Sorry about that. I didn't, I didn't want to uh, mispronounce your name. Welcome on stage. Thanks for being up here with us. Thanks. Yeah, um, I was just, I just wanted to throw in uh, some extra stuff to what you mentioned. Well, you we were asking to ju- a gesture about the uh, whole uh, DJ thing. I think it's like a great concept in the in the metaverse, like in Sandbox or something. Like, especially like the app, the awesome apes, like the vibe. It kind of has like this. Um, it kind of goes with his music. It does go with his music. So I think it'd be dope to like host like a metaverse like uh, uh, concerts with that uh, you know with that lo- with, ta- with that type of logo in it. You know, I think that'd be awesome. I just wanted to throw that in. Like that'd definitely like you know hype up the project more and definitely add an extra element to it. I think, uh, yeah, thank you for coming up. And I think, like you said, one thing that I loved about your other answer gesture was that being a DJ too, like it's always something that you want to continue to give to the community. And I love that you already, like because of COVID, you obviously, all musicians, anyone had to figure out how to kind of sustain living digitally. And so we've seen entertainers already kind of play with it. And I know it can be probably hard uh, because so much of like being live and having like the energy you feel from the audience has got to be kind of difficult when you don't have them there. Well, one thing that I'm curious about gesture is how do you like you, how, how does that, how does that play out? Like on a, uh, if you're doing it in a discord or if you're doing it, um, like on a Twitch, because that, that's something I imagine has to feel somewhat challenging when you don't have the audience to feed off of. Oh man. Like for real, it is, I mean, I'm just going to be so transparent. It is depressing. It is it is hard, and it took a lot out of most musicians. You know, everyone's different, so I can't speak for everyone. But for me, I went so hard. I was like, how am I going to survive through this this pandemic? And I went so hard because because that's that's my mentality. Like, I know how much work it takes to do things. And I went so hard in this kind of, like, metaverse dj twitch discord life you know before web 3 started picking up and and it was really draining and depressing emotionally it's hard to give so much when there's no one there to receive it other than putting emojis in the chat and i think that is honestly a challenge that not too many people are thinking of when they're thinking of you know dj in the metaverse like i think that's amazing i think that eventually it makes a lot of sense but there is such like a missing element unless we're forced to stay home. You know, no one's going to really want to do that more than they want to go see music live. Yeah. And in this follows, uh, I'll follow this up with our last question, but someone did ask in um, the pin tweet about uh, what are some plans for like in real life events, longer term items. And so it sounds like that is something that would be really important to you doing something where you actually bring people together and be able to do some live things because you, it sounds like you think that's uh, really important for, for like community building, but also just like that live um, in-person interaction. Yeah, I mean, you know, people who are into NFTs and Web3 right now are the types of people who have a PC at home, who spend a lot of time on the computer, who spend a lot of time researching and and already using chat rooms and virtual things and are trying to at least 
like at least be in the innovative space if not innovate themselves so we are kind of in an echo chamber as far as like how successful virtual things can and will be but you know with that in mind i'd see a, a oculus quest ad every three feet and i know facebook is pushing this hard um and as such a big scary company obviously that means something so i know we are inching towards it and i think like smartphones it's going to be attached to our face before we even realize it it was getting there and and we're going to just have like a quick flip where we're like holy shit a year ago this wasn't happening and now it is so yeah (laughs) it's so true i I mean it's kind of like when the iphone took off yeah it's like all of a sudden you're listening to mp3 player and now it's your phone too and all these other apps coming on it it's like yeah and then it's funny because how fast as humans we just evolve to like this new tech that's uh everyone's using because because it's there and it's available and um all of a sudden you don't even no one even has you know landline phones but as kids if you're at least like in your 30s or older everyone remembers having landline phones in their home and so but it's just like we constantly are evolving uh and like our normal just constantly is changing and so i do agree with you and i think in my long-term vision there will be things where you feel like um you feel like you're right there with someone without having to fly on a plane and go all the way over uh because of the tech that's probably going to come down the line uh it's just a matter of it, it getting there so uh, really fascinating concept. Really uh, excited for you. Is there anything you want to talk about um, before we close out? I know, obviously, you've got the Awesome Apes launching soon. Uh, I do want to thank you, too, because I know you're giving some whitelist spots to the Crazy Carl Collective, and I'll chat in a second about how you can get those if you're in here and in the collective. But any anything that you want to share about the Awesome Apes before um, before we head out or, or any last uh, little snippets of advice you want to give the audience yeah i'd love to invite everyone in here to you know at least follow awesome apes up here as a speaker that's my project i've been talking about and if you've been here the whole time listening you know that i'm really motivated to to introduce some really cool and innovative stuff with this project so i invite you to just check it out you know join the discord see what's up and uh see if you're into it and we are giving away like whitelist to your community and you know, anyone who's just being cool and active in the community, we're not like asking people to grind and, and do this stuff. We're really trying to build a cool collective. So come through and check it out. I like that. I like the the games, the whitelist games The uh, are uh, taxing and exhausting. People are like thinking it's normal now. So I do uh, appreciate that. You know, you're trying to you try to find the people that really want one and give them a whitelist spot and and bring into a community that really wants to be involved. I think is the right way to do it. So, I want to give a huge shout of gratitude to Gesture for coming on the show to chat about his journey so far in the Web three space. The Crazy About Crypto show does not accept paid advertisements or paid requests to come on the show. The quality of guests, our educational uh, content provided, is essential. This show is run by loyal listeners through the establishment of the. Crazy Carl Collective, where 100% of the Genesis NFTs are rewarded to listeners for the next two years by actively engaging in learning and listening to the show and helping build the growth of the collective. Web3 allows us to give back to the consumers, and I thank each one of you for joining live today to help learn about the innovation that Web3 brings to each of us and challenge you to continue learning and growing in this space. If you enjoyed the show, please review and follow so we can see you 
at another show in the future and eventually get you in the collective. Today, there's also a special POAP you can claim for today's episode if you are live in the audience by heading to the POAP app and using the code AWESOMEAPES, all lowercase in one word. Once again, that code word is AWESOMEAPES, all lowercase in one word. If you're in the collective, we have also been gifted some white loss, whitelist spots from Gesture for his upcoming launch of Awesome Apes, and you can head to the Roll Me page in the Discord to sign up for a whitelist spot. Thank you to Duke of Earl and Franco for working behind the scenes to set up the Poe app in the Discord whitelist. And once again, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. This has been another production of Guttercat Studios. All conversations with Crazy Carl are for educational purposes only. You should never take financial advice from a cat or anybody, really, especially financial advisors. Take control of your own financial future and do your own research always. That's all for now. Until next time, we'll see you in the metaverse.